So, uh, what have you been watching lately? Anything good? Anything interesting? I've been watching... (laughs) Interesting. I've been watching many interesting things. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I came from. (laughs) Um... Yeah, actually, I've I've watched a lot in this past week. Uh, I was trying to think before we started the episode of all of the things that I've watched. And, man, that's so many. But uh, a couple things I wanted to highlight. Firstly, um, I think this was in the last week. Man, this felt like a long week. Um, We finished Gravity Falls. I mentioned that show to you, the sort of monster kids animated monster of the week show. I almost started it for some reason. Disney Plus wasn't working yesterday. I don't know if that's for everyone or maybe my internet was being weird, but it is literally the next thing I'm watching probably today. Good. That's all I'm going to say. Good. It's fantastic. It's two seasons. It's a whole story. Satisfying. How many episodes? Is it like a 20 episodes? Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, so 40, 40 episodes. episodes. Yeah. Awesome. That's the perfect amount of show for me. And then I saw a movie that um, I've been meaning to watch for a very long time and has, you know, been talked about a lot, but uh, I've never seen The Mummy 1999 with uh, Brendan, Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Yeah, dude. dude. Okay. I don't know if you know this, hmm. but Mark Somers, the director of that movie, is from St. Cloud, Minnesota and lives <gasps> there. No way. A uh, dude that I know, uh, or I, I kind of knew, uh, actually mowed his lawn. <laughs> oh, my so God. So, like, yeah, you could say that I knew a dude who mowed a dude's lawn that made the mummy, so. <laughs> I'm basically I in the mummy. <laughs> love that movie. I think it's in the exact same category as National Treasure. Oh, yeah. Of, like, just grab some popcorn, grab some friends. Yep. We're throwing on Mr. and Mrs. Smith slash National Treasure slash 1999 The Mummy. It's just a yeah. great movie that's, you know, it's just it, it just is. Eva was showing me Roger Ebert's review of that movie. Yeah, I was which just going to. Yeah, it's basically okay. just, I cannot vouch for the writing, the acting, the filmmaking or direction or any p- individual part of this movie, but I loved every second of it. <laughs> yes. it's There's just something about. A movie that knows it is what it is yep. and delivers. It's yeah. it's not. I feel like often now, uh, in this era of movie going, movies play safe, play it safe by just doing the things that for sure, you know, like, like let's put an action scene followed by a joke followed by a serious moment and right. then repeat. Feels and I feel like yeah, where I feel like that movie is one of those just. What's an awesome like story that people would love to Okay, like he's a he's a archaeologist and he finds the mummy except it's like an action movie. Like Indiana Jones right. meets uh King Kong meets you know, it's just it, I was actually, those are the kind of movies I love. I was actually surprised at how I don't know, how interesting of an action movie setup it is that this mummy is stealing life force and bringing him back himself back to life i was like that's that's pretty dope yeah there's a lot of really dope things going on in that movie and there i mean did you just watch the first one yeah i I, we're well part of the thing is it's not streaming anywhere we rented it so oh um, yeah we're thinking well i can't wait for you to watch the second and then i actually haven't even finished the third it is not the same mark (laughs) somers didn't direct and it's clear Mm. i would say 
that the third Mummy movie is an amazing argument for why the first two are fantastic. Mm. You could say, like, uh, you know, a movie is... You could say, you could hear the argument, like, a movie just doesn't... It didn't meet the standards of filmmaking that I expected. All three of them might not, but the first two are awesome, and it's clear when you compare them. Not to hate on anyone who loves the third. Love your movies. We all, you know... You like what you I like, get it. man. Yeah, another, I like what you like. Another just wildly enjoyable movie that uh, I saw. I don't want to spend too much time on it. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. It's Taika Waititi. Um, oh, I haven't. Oh, it's on Hulu. High on my I list. Think, I think. I think it's Hulu. I think. It's got that little dude in it from uh, the X from the Deadpool two, Deadpool right? Deadpool two, and I, he's I, awesome. Anybody who saw Deadpool two and liked that kid, watch Hunt for the Wilder People, and then decide if you like that kid. And what I'm saying is not that you will hate him after that; it's that you will be like, "Wow, he was shit in Deadpool two. He's fantastic <laughs> in this movie." So okay, now I really want to watch it. I'll watch it asap. It is the most like. Uh, jovial adventure movie that oh it's fantastic putting the word adventure in there instantly Mm -hmm. i'm more in oh yeah to me i i don't want to you know say anything against you know my initial reaction when i saw the trailer i in my head compared it to like a wes anderson-y like a moonrise kingdom thing it has a you know it has a bit so i was like but i think you just instantly saying adventure and just i don't know my uh my love for Taika has grown over the years, and I need to I need a return. I need to try that. Check that out. The last thing I want to vouch for, um, highlight that I saw, or, well, we've been watching this, Eve and I, but um, uh, Killing Eve. Have you ever heard of this show? I've heard of it, but I would be talking out of my ass if I tried to say anything about it. I don't know anything. I literally, my, my concept of television... And the quality of television has just been blown out of the water in the last, like, year. Like, for years and years, I was just like, Breaking Bad is the best TV show of all time. No one can tell me any different. And now I'm like, it's definitely one of them. But, like, The Leftovers, BoJack Horseman, fucking Killing Eve. Like, it's on that level. It really is. Gravity Falls, actually. Like, up there, too. Gravity Falls, very, very good. But Killing Eve, it's female-directed, female-written. Um, most of the characters are most of the lead characters are females and I'm it's uh, it's not I love when uh, film and TV m- make progressive choices um, you know things that are quote unquote progressive whatever like including diverse cast and stuff not just straight white men but not making like too much of a point out of it like they're not denying the realities of women but it's also like they're not they're not trying to be like, this is a woman show. It's just like a really fucking good show that happens to be mostly female. Obviously, I haven't watched it yet, but I almost always find that to be the case when it's directed by a woman. Exactly. You know, written and directed by a woman, I was in as soon as you said that because I I mean, it's just, you you can just see right through characters when they're written by the same people who have been writing our movies for 120 years. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Right. And I'm not to say that they, they can't be great. Yeah, I still do love, you know, <laughs> I love all movies. So that is yeah. that is in all shows. But it's just a breath of fresh air when 
something is actually when characters are human you know yeah uh i'm excited that sounds really good i'll give you just enough setup uh story-wise to intrigue you and then i want to hear uh what you've been watching um basically sandra oh who is incredible in this series um sandra oh plays someone who works for mi6 she's not like uh specifically like an an investigator or agent or whatever i'm a little unclear on exactly her but basically she works with mi6 and there is this serial killer woman who's named villanelle who like works for this it's called the 12 she works for this big organization and she's just a lower down like member of it but she is like the most deadly assassin that there is out there and she's just kind of buck wild and crazy and these two kind of discover who the other person are and get almost like obsessively interested in the other one and then it just goes from there yo can yeah. we stop this podcast so I can go start that show right now? <laughs> this is going to be a short episode, y'all. We actually didn't talk about Avatar at all. No, this is going to be a long This episode. is going to be another The Leftovers, isn't it? Where I text you later today and I'm like, so I'm on episode three. and <laughs> yeah, Probably. Probably. They're releasing season three right now, so it's still coming out. It's still coming out. Yeah, Ooh, dude. Yeah. Now I'm really interested. Yeah. I love... Uh, that's something I wanted to talk about in this episode. I hoped it would come up naturally. I'm glad it did. Watching this series, uh, in different series for a second time and being in the era of binging, but rewatching old series and binging those, I miss commercial breaks and I miss, uh, week long breaks. I'm not to say, not to say I miss commercials, not to say I miss waiting, but I miss the dun, dun, dun. And then what's going to happen? You got to wait for four minutes. Go grab some popcorn. Come back. When you get back, oh, it's on the next scene. We got to wait to see what, oh. But, you know, rewatching these old shows and stuff, I'm starting to really notice those little, uh, you know, where like, he's got a gun. And then it just cuts to black. And then it just comes right back and someone grabs the gun. You know, it's like (laughs) the suspense isn't there when it it just happens immediately. (laughs) Uh, But speaking of. What I was just saying, I guess, uh, I've been watching Lost still. Yeah. Uh, I think I've mentioned it on almost every episode. It is a long show, and there is a lot of it. I am now on the last season, and I think I can officially say I am a huge fan of Lost. Oh, okay, cool. That's comforting to hear. Really, I especially because I've watched The Leftovers. Calvin, mm. I think you should rewatch Lost at some okay. point now that you've enjoyed The Leftovers. Now that you cuz I think one of the main themes of The Leftovers and this doesn't give anything away is it's not about the answer, it's about trying to find the answer and what that journey mm-hmm. leads you to, what how it develops your character and, you know. Yeah. That is Lost. That is Lost. It's totally. The whole show you just want to know what the answer to questions are and I think maybe the main issue with the show because it does have issues Hmm. is that it it makes you think the answers are important a little too much i think the leftovers did a great job of pretty early on in the show you kind of realize like the answers aren't important even if you still want to know them and you hope to get some answers you know deep down like it's the journey lost kind of makes you think that you need to know these answers to understand what's been going on the whole time but Hmm. having seen the show before i I just really, really like watching a show about so many characters and they're all so well developed 
And even on this final season, when it's, you know, soap opera like decisions are being made about who's dying and who's living, who's getting shot, who's getting married, all that stuff. It just still feels like real life in a way that like it feels relatable and it just it's great. I'm really liking these characters more than the average character on a TV show. I feel like I watch nowadays. So, yeah, I'm standing up for Lost. I might make a video about, you know, it being a little misunderstood. Another thing I've been watching, and I actually showed you, yeah, uh, I found that Avatar: The Last Airbender pilot. Oh, what I assume was the pilot that the creators showed the producers of the show before it actually got greenlit. Yeah, wasn't that cool? Oh my god, really, really cool! What a cool there, insight to the process of the making, like. To quickly describe it to our listeners, I found, and you can probably just look up Avatar Pilot on YouTube to find this. It's basically the early animated and voice acted version of a pilot episode for the show. Probably what they showed producers before it got greenlit. Um, It's kind of like its own little singular story within it. Like it doesn't introduce all the characters and concepts uh in like a story way it introduces them naturally as if we just dove into the middle of a story right it's so super can, cool you can see <laughs> what they wanted the middle like what what they yeah wanted what the they wanted these the characters to get to, to like. one yeah. at one point yeah um little things were different like uh mitchell musso which is i don't know if you knew this calvin he's oliver on hannah montana do you remember that show yeah did you watch yeah. hannah montana that's I, who's, I who's Aang in that pilot episode. Oh, really? <laughs> it's a young Mitchell Musso. Yeah. So <laughs> they, he was almost going to be Aang, I think. And then they wow. recast him. Herman, my roommate, has been watching with me, the Avatar. He decided to kind of join. Hell yeah. And one of his favorite things about the show is Aang's voice and laugh and just his pure goodness. It's perfect. And it, 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 that's one of the main things I think was missing from that pilot. And one of the only things. Once yeah. they found their voice actor for Aang, the show was made. They show off, like, the kind of action sequences they want to happen and, like, bending sequences that they want to happen in in the show. And honestly, some of the stuff in that pilot episode is, like... Maybe cooler than stuff that happens in yeah, the show. Yeah, thank you, you for don't saying it. Say I didn't it. Neither do I, because we don't want to admit that they... <laughs> it's. I think it's a, an example of them being, like, we really got to show off here. And then yeah. once they were given the green light, they were like, they were basically told, all right, do what you just did for that episode, but 10 times as fast and right, right now. Yeah. So, you right. know, but yeah, like that sequence, there's a sequence in it where uh, we follow one of those messenger falcons yeah. flying, uh, chasing Momo. And it's like almost entirely like CGI mixed with animation, mm -hmm. first person, uh, it's so cool, and I yeah. think that only happens like maybe once, and I don't even know if it happens in the in the actual series. And that video you sent me was a commentary video with, uh, yep, yeah, with the creators, and <laughs> one of them is even like, um, yeah, we we didn't really do anything like this in the show, like during that dope like POV flying that's right sequence, and he was like, yeah, and you can kind of see why here, <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> this is dope. I'm imagining it. what he meant there. I feel like sometimes when I listen to commentaries, I listen to a lot of commentaries, by the way. Mm. I'm starting to realize that a lot of people in a commentary don't want, they're not like public speaking, uh, 
you know, I, I let me explain. I feel like a director in a commentary is speaking to directors. And maybe in that situation, he was like thinking an animator would get what I'm saying here. Because that sequence was probably so hard to animate. Yeah. So, you know, he's probably thinking, like, obviously, you see why we didn't do it. And me and you are watching it thinking, this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. What are you talking? <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Well, uh, on that, we should probably get into it because we have so much to cover on this episode. We did a two-parter. But uh, this is A New Lens, where Gary and I here cover... Uh, film and television that we enjoyed as kids through the new lens of amateur filmmakers and uh, we're covering Avatar The Last Airbender and we are on the winter solstice two-parter. This is when season one gets serious in my opinion. This really feels like when the story really begins. Like honestly watching it I, I really feel like the first episodes kind of feel like a prologue. You know what I mean? It, I totally agree. I like, totally agree. They're getting everything you need to understand set up so that they can really like spark the story in this two-part episode. So part one uh, is the spirit world, where Aang and the gang discover this large stretch of burned-down forest. And as they're inspecting it, uh, this old man from a nearby village comes and asks for their help and they go and discover that this town has been um attacked every night by a a large spirit and the avatar is the only link between the real world and the spirit world so he's the only one that they uh, believe can really help him and he tries to confront this spirit and it doesn't really work in fact uh Sokka gets captured and the spirit flies away with it and uh Aang tries to follow it on his glider he ends up kind of stuck in the spirit world uh without uh really realizing it he meets up with uh the spirit of avatar roku's old uh animal companion and learns uh learns that he needs to go elsewhere um he needs to go to this fire temple to learn more Um, and to speak to Avatar Roku by the end of the following day, the winter solstice. Um, He returns and resolves uh, things with the spirit in the town, but it is not the end of the story, but that's where episode one ends. Gary, if you want to pick up on episode two. Part two uh, picks up right where it left off with the gang uh, flying to this Fire Nation temple, They have to actually go into the Fire Nation. So on the way, they come to a blockade of Fire Nation uh, soldiers led by Zhao. And behind them is Zuko and Iroh. uh, And in the midst of all this, kind of paths collide. Zhao, while attacking the uh, flying bison carrying Aang and the gang, um, decides, you know, collateral damage if Zuko gets hit, he's a traitor, which kind of starts that feud and boils it even further. Meanwhile, Zuko decides to stick with his guns, run through the blockade, and follow the gang, which Zhao allows in order to follow him as well. So the gang gets through the blockade, they get to this temple, and the sages of the temple attack them, uh, save for one, who ends up helping them, takes them to the room where Avatar Roku is. Uh, some 
things go down, which we'll, we'll get into. I don't yeah. want to talk about it in detail yet. Totally. But essentially, uh, Aang in this moment pretty much finds out what the future of the rest of the show and like what the point of his journey is. Uh, then the episode ends with the gang getting away safely, Zuko and Iroh getting away on their own, and Zhao capturing or er, imprisoning the sage. And all the other sages, even though they didn't help the Avatar. Yeah. And that's where the episode ends. Uh, let's talk about them, because there's some details in these. I have a lot written down. Fantastic have, episodes. Holy I, cow. I have so many notes, and uh, my first two notes are literally just, I love this shit. I love this shit so much. <laughs> <laughs> Those are literally my first two it, notes. The, the It opens with awesome stuff that isn't even related to what yeah. these episodes are going to be about. Just them like flying through the clouds and like Katara being like, wow, those clouds look so fluffy. I bet they just, I bet you could just jump right in them. And then Aang does. <laughs> like that yeah. kind of stuff is the main reason I love this show. You think like, oh, wow, that would be cool if you could, you know, move water with your hands. And then they do. And this right. is just, just like that. That moment always reminds me of uh, Peter Pan too. Oh, just yeah. Like, Sure. When they do that, except in this universe, clouds are made of water. So yeah, I love that. It sh- he shows it shows that you know, uh, he can like air bend the water out of his clothes and yeah. stuff. It's so cool. <laughs> and when he does, he like, like uh, blows <laughs> Momo. He's got that big hair on the side of yeah. his head. I love that. Like Sokka is carving wood, like carving a. I don't know what he's carving, but I just love that they're thinking about like what would these kids be doing in in the downtime yeah i didn't even notice that that's yeah. so cool yeah but then their sort of fun is uh fairly quickly interrupted by noticing this giant burn area um and i the main thing i uh, i noticed was just how much it affects ang you know like Sokka's kind of like ah what's you know <laughs> you know how he's just like, man, what's ah? Yeah, these Fire Nation, they but, suck. Yeah, and Aang is like Aang truly like falls defeated. to his knees. Like it shows his appreciation for life in general. You know? Yeah. He he's not just. Um, it's not just him being the Avatar that makes him connected to the world and the life on the world. He really is just as a person affected by these things, and it's only now I think. That moment is when it's starting to really sink in like, ooh, he could have been there maybe. Or maybe something, I don't know. I think that's that first like, yikes. Like when you really think about it, there was nothing I could do because I wasn't there for that. Yeah. And then in that scene, he brings up a very important thought and notion through this whole two-part journey, um, which is, you know, he says... I can go to the North Pole and learn and learn waterbending, have someone teach me that, but there's no one to teach me how to be the avatar. And yeah. not only is that something that... It's a that big job. Is, is, I mean, it's a huge job <laughs> to put on the shoulders of a kid, and he's sort of just realizing the weight of that. And uh, it is something that will be addressed big time by the end of the next episode, like someone to help him through this. But also, it's immediately kind of uh, that notion addressed. is immediately addressed by this old man coming out of the woods and being like, "Hey, you're the Avatar. We need your help specifically, and you're the only one that can do it because you're the Avatar." Yeah, and when you think about that, it's the first time that's happened to him. Yeah. Every other time he's offered help, it's been like a 
Oh, it, thank you, I mean, Okay, when you think, you know, when he did the uh, Unagi and helped yeah. the island of Kyoshi, he just did that. It wasn't them, like, coming to him for help and, like, right. you know what I mean? That right. That's a thing. But I feel like this is the first time where his job as the Avatar is now being realized. Someone's like, hey, that's the Avatar. We need him to do something for us. And he's like, well, he can't say no, you know? Yeah, right. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's – it's kind of like um, – when you think about the tests that Boomy put him through, I feel like that was Boomy being like, yo, you're going to be put through a lot of different tests as the Avatar. Think outside of the box. Figure your things out. This is the first real life in-world test. Yeah. He's not just being tested in a way that, oh, like if you fail, it's fine. It's hard candy. You know, your friends yeah. are fine. This is a thing where if he fails, lives are at risk. Like, people are being taken away by this Heibai spirit, and we don't know where they are. Yeah. We don't know if it's going to continue attacking this town to the point of everyone being taken. Yeah. This is a this is serious, and it's uh, it's his first real, real test. There's a couple other small details in that scene that I just wanted to touch on. I mean, firstly, they bring up the regrowth of the, of the forest, which is going to be immensely important by the end of the episode you know katara points out the acorns and how all of this is good you know it's the cycle of the forest which is really cool um and is a helpful you know notion to him in that moment and then also when the old man does come out and he says are you the avatar there's a small moment where ang looks to katara and she gives him the little pre-nod you know just like yeah i think i I love that yeah they have their relationship has grown so much that Katara isn't just his friend. She's someone that he looks to for that advice Confident. in a moment like this, yeah. especially because Katara is the person right now. She's who we know is the one that helps people yeah. in a moment like this. If Ang wasn't around, Katara would still go with this man and do yeah. anything she could. Totally. And that's, you know, I that little tiny moment just just boosted character development between them relationship development absolutely and also taking into account previous events like think about kyoshi island when he just freely was talking about how he's the avatar and revealing his and identity she was the one giving yeah. me good advice against right. that uh-huh and now like wasn't Sokka yeah. even like come on we've got food it's fine like right. she's the one who he looks to not Sokka. you know yeah Good time to mention that in this episode, uh, we actually go back and forth between Aang and the gang and Iroh and Zuko. Yeah. We have I don't think we've done that for a couple episodes, maybe. But yeah, uh I, right. I, I like that when they do that. It it gives us you Parallels. know Yep, I love that. And in uh Iroh and Zuko's story at the same time, Iroh's just in a hot tub. And <laughs> I, I I think it's so cool how he's able to heat up the hot tub with his breath and he's just oh. chilling and, and the way the steam he does, comes out he's just nostrils. got a serious he's yeah. got this dope look on his face, like all serious. Um I don't know, just little things like that. And in we're starting to get a better idea of Zuko and Iroh's relationship now. Yeah. Zuko doesn't just consider him like a wise old or not a wise old fool an old fool he yeah, considers right. him his uh you know his wise uncle who he respects he's yeah. you know he, he'll let him chill for a few more minutes even though in the moment it's played off as like a ah, i don't want to see you naked so right, right. you can stay <laughs> i also think he's you know he gets I, it like I, he's giving yeah. him some time 
you get the feeling of it, but also the surface level of this relationship is like, uncle, come on. And he's like, oh, yeah. so you want to see my dick? <laughs> just like, no, oh, okay, fine. You know? Just uh, stay. Yeah. <laughs> just just be at the, you know, just be at the ship. God damn it. They're definitely becoming more family and less teacher student. Yeah. Yeah. I love totally. that. This is also, a, uh, this episode is a wonderful way for them to transition from what we've gotten used to as like a pit stop formula. Mm. Like, hey, this show is about a guy going from point A to point B, and every episode is going to be an island that they stop to on the way to point B. Mm-hmm. We are now going from that formula to a main storyline type formula. Well, you know, they and they use it to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool how they're able to use that. You know, we start this episode thinking, okay, another town, another thing. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing, nothing new here, right? And then, yeah. and then it progresses into something so much more. Totally, I love when they get to the town. Um, they're all being like super holy and like Avatar. Like, thank you for coming. Rumors of your return have been spread around. Whatever, and. Ang's just like, it's nice to meet you too. Yeah. <laughs> like being friendly about it. I like that shit. Watching this with someone who's seeing it for the first time, my roommate Herman, it's so cool. Those little moments. He loves those moments. Yeah. Aang is like his favorite. Yeah. Just yeah. things like that are why he loves Aang because he's like, this dude just like, he's like, I know he can switch it on if he needs to, but he's just, he doesn't even understand. He's mm-hmm. just. A kid, and every time he laughs, uh, Herman laughs with him because it's just like, it just feels good that there's someone on this show with uh, such optimism still. Yeah. Is this the first, this is the first we're hearing about the spirit world, right? I think so. Yeah. Unless it's it's been mentioned, this is the first where... I don't, uh, I don't think it I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know if it's been mentioned. Yeah, I mean... They're being attacked by a spirit, which is the first sort of mention of that. It doesn't feel out of the possibility of what we've seen in the world so far. Like, we've seen these incredible creatures and stuff. But this is the first, like, spirit that we're dealing with. And then we get all this context about the Avatar is the link between the real world and the spirit world. I mean, that's basically the context. But And it's done, though, in a way that we're learning as they're learning. It almost right. feels like Aang didn't really realize that. And yeah. now, as he's... As he's being reminded of that, it's us learning, yeah. and I, I think that's cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting how they're able to just kind of dive into a subject like that so naturally. Mm, yeah. It makes because when it was happening, watching it now, I almost felt like, oh yeah, the spirit world, right? Totally, yeah. Just makes sense within the context of the of the world so far. It doesn't feel like, oh, that couldn't be a thing, you right. know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of the spirit world, uh, we'll get to the point that this transition makes sense. But meanwhile, while they're doing this and Iroh is bathing, I think it's so cool how uh, Little Meadow Mouse comes up to him or Metal Mole. Oh, yeah. Uh, that doesn't really happen to just any character, no. you know? Aang yeah. does that kind of stuff with animals. Yeah. I- Iroh is special. And a moment like that can easily be played off or, you know thrown away as a you know cartoon moment that right whatever but i think that's a something to be noted he is someone with a true uh he's truly in tune with nature and just life in general he cares and and the the metal mole didn't just like greet him 
it was coming to warn him. Yeah, it's serious. Which is so cool to me. I mean, it does come up to him and like they have like a nice little moment and he's saying he's waking up from his sweet nap or whatever. But then it starts like squeaking and like and jumping up and down. Yeah, like jumping, like trying to warn him, warn him. And oh man, then I love the the triangles of earth that just like up to his neck. What a perfect, I mean, so dope. And then Ah, well, look who it is. It's the once great Iroh. It's, and the yes. glare he gives them. Ooh, man. I love how we learn about Iroh in this episode. It's so cool hearing Earth uh, Earth Kingdom soldiers talk about how this once great Fire Nation leader tried to take over their place. And you think that they're trying to, like, you know, make him feel like shit for not succeeding. Yeah. And he's just like, no, I acknowledge my failure at yeah, Bossing Say. Totally. I was tired. My men were tired. Oh, 600 I, days. 600 day siege. Iroh really gets solidified as a character in this episode, big time. Absolutely. Absolutely. With that context, with the, the, his connection with nature, his attitude towards his son, the way he's using his firebending for things like warming a bath for himself, you know, or like, heating up chains to yeah. make a guy oh up, God, tightening so them burn dope. his hands. Oh, it's so dope. <laughs> oh man, we haven't quite gotten to that moment. We will, yeah. But I want to talk really quickly about how this is another example of an episode that uses light to its advantage yes. and does it really well. Uh, one of my notes is just colors. Yeah, <laughs> with the, with it's the great. It's uh, th- especially in that moment when um, Ang is in the spirit world. He realizes here he doesn't know he's in the spirit world. Yeah, he's walking back and he's about to tell Katara, "Hey, I didn't find Sokka." Mm-hmm. And in the moments he's walking back, it's moonlight, it's, so everything yeah, has got blue. this like blue mm-hmm. color to it. But then he gets back and. It's so cool. The old man's like, the sun is about to rise. And you look at Aang and you're like, but wait, he's still blue. And then he realizes it. Right. It's just awesome. Like, yeah. they, ah, I love that. They tricked us. The, yeah. You the, think he's not. Yeah. They they trick you visually to, yeah, to make that moment more land further, you know? Um, and I, I think it's so cool how he goes to try to uh, fly away on his glider and just yeah falls because he can't airbend he can still glide a little bit because his form is so excellent right but he just can't airbend because there's no air in the spirit world i think that's (laughs) i think that of course you know oh my god that's so cool (laughs) i just like that so much that like there is no it's the spirit world there is no physical matter in the in that world to bend you, that's partially why the avatar is so important because he understands the element on the el- all of the elements on a level no one else does but also when he goes to the spirit world he can't use any of them exactly and connects us to what's going on with Iroh yeah. he sees some stuff doesn't he oh my he? god yeah when he, he sees some stuff we are really skipping and around I... here but yeah man We'll we'll get to it again, but mm-hmm. yeah, I the spirit world is something introduced, explained really well without being feeling like just exposition dump. Yeah, but still leaves you with enough questions to be this cool, mysterious place that yeah. you just—it's for the avatar. He understands it. Mm-hmm. We might not. 
I just wanted to uh, go back for a moment to the actual first scene that we see this spirit. The design of that spirit is so cool. Um, oh, yeah. The the leader of the town uses the name of the spirit, actually, real briefly, and it's Heibai, which I looked up. It's black and white in Chinese. And oh, wow. the design of the creature is based on these creatures from a, 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 a anime that both of the creators are a fan of called Neon Genesis Evangelion. Evangelion? Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. It's it's based on the mass production Evangelions from that show, which I, just kind of fucking cool that they that is super threw cool. a little shout out through that design to them. Um, and another another detail, I've got other notes, but just uh, I really thought this was a cool thing, and I wanted to outline it is when uh, Zuko finds the pool where Iroh was captured and the rocks are all like jutting up like that the guard they're trying to figure out what happened and the guards are like maybe it was a landslide or something and Zuko says land doesn't slide uphill and that's how he knows like I just think his observational skills and I like that that scene adds a, a process of deducing where where they went instead of just being like oh no he's been captured let's go after him you know what i mean like they've got to figure yeah. it out i i just really, that is really cool liked that and zuko he like i said in the last episode it ends with him with a shot of him finally being a threat this episode it doesn't stray away from that yeah. he doesn't fee he doesn't revert back to the not to say he wasn't a great character but the character he kind of was in the first five episodes of this show was almost, uh, what's the word? Like a caricature, like a little stocky, you know, yeah. like a stock character of just, I'm going to find the Avatar. Shut up, uncle. You don't know what you're talking about, you fool. <laughs> right. At this point, we're seeing the things that make him uh, an antagonist to be to be dealt with. Yeah. He's not just, you know, he's not just a kid chasing kids. He's a force to be reckoned with. He can track. He can... Uh, firebend excellently. He he's serious. We watch him tracking the avatar throughout the whole series, and up until this point, you wonder like, is he even good at this, or is he lucky? Is it just right. you know word getting out, and he hears that the avatar was at Kyoshi Island, and that's how he found him? We see him now with a new goal. He needs to find Iroh, and as he does this, we see how good he is at it. Yeah, It's not just something he would be able to do because of luck. It's something that if if it were anyone else, he would have found the Avatar immediately. Yeah, It's just the fact that it's Aang and the gang and that they are lucky and they yeah. are good at what they do that they've gotten away from him. And I think this, this episode really shows us that. Absolutely. We get to see Ooh. Roku's old animal companion. Yeah. I was just going to say, animal guides. Yeah, he says, guides, you're yeah. Roku's animal guide, just and like Appa is to me. That's when you realize the significance of that relationship. Yeah. So cool. I As yeah. soon as he says that, it just, oh, it makes me realize. And, and you think a lot about what that means for, uh, what is that? Like, what is Appa's role to Aang? Mm -hmm. More than just as his companion, like animal guide. Like, I don't know. That just... It just adds so much context to the to the world and the relationship that they have so far. Yeah, absolutely. I love uh, the design of this dragon too, and I love how they establish the ability to connect. Yeah, like mind meld, mind meld with 
and that's used later on too but the ability yep. you know he he uses his uh, i wanted to like call whisker. it a tentacle yeah it's like a whisker like a dragon dragon whisker <laughs> to <laughs> connect with it. and that's when he understands and um uh i love sort of uh as he's leaving with the dragon we get this quick little glimpse of katara calming appa and i just love that relationship katara and appa we've had glimpses of it so far in the show like a bunch of small details of that you're so right like in in the past episode when she could appa stop eating that you know little things Mm -hmm. it's so cool um i think the moment when the dragon does that little Mm -hmm. uh, whisker thing to ang it's done really well because we see what ang sees we don't just it could have been done a number of ways, but we just get those like images in yeah. the time lapse, and we understand Aang still has to say what he has to say mm-hmm. because it's a kid's show. You know, you can't just assume that. You know, we would but understand he exactly. Say much, you know, he's he... that's true. He just says just enough. And actually, that's one thing that I thought was really cool. Once they get to the the fire temple, um, in the spirit world, the montage that is shown is all you need like the the comet we see the comet when the dragon first encounters him because he's like what's going on and then he just shows him that and he's like is that what i have to worry about or i think that's how and then he's like he brings him to the temple and shows him the uh time lapse of like the sun and moon going around and how after this many days this is when roku would appear to you and he realizes that, oh, it's not this many days. It's tomorrow. And that's kind of how the episode ends for uh, Aang and Katara's gang is him kind of realizing like, oh, we need to get to this temple tomorrow. Yeah, I need to talk to Roku. Mm-hmm. There's something big. Whatever this comet is, this is big. I need to figure out what this is. And I, I it's this is the important journey now. We touched on... Um... Iroh seeing them and then using the steam to heat up the thing, which is so resourceful and everything. But, okay, firstly, he could see them? What? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Uh, I've heard that, uh, I've heard that things like that, uh, come up again in the Korra series. Yes. Yeah. I haven't watched it. So, and I, I doubt listeners who are watching this for the first time watched that first. So, we're on the same boat, guys. What? <laughs> yeah. I just want to know. I want to know, but I also am glad we don't know. It's cool. It just gives him this, like, back... It makes you wonder, what has he done in his past to be granted sight like that? It gives him weight of power, you know? Like, he... Yeah, You can tell absolutely. that... Even, this is He's the like first, Gandalf now. This is the first time we're glimpsing, like... That he is not just some crazy old man. Maybe he's like a little bit powerful. He's good at firebending. He used to be. No, he like has connections to the the universe that the characters. We do were not. just told that the Avatar, the Avatar, is the only bridge yep. between the spirit world and the real world. Two minutes ago, yeah. and now Iroh is just like, oh hey, a oh. spirit flying by and cool. i want to know and he's not even like this is the first time i've ever seen it he's more like he's like whoa oh, okay cool yeah why does he choose that moment to escape do you think he realizes because it was a dragon like roku's dragon like do you think he knew it was roku's dragon and like the implications of what that meant because he cho- he sees that and immediately escapes he sees that 
asks to like tighten the chains, burns it, uses fire through his feet, <laughs> and then rolls down the cliff. So a moment happens later in the show that I'm going to then call back to this mm. when it happens. Mm. But it feels it just feels like he was waiting for the moment where his destiny was going to go into mm. circulation. Mm. He was waiting for that moment and he knew when I don't know what he if he was literally waiting for the spirit to fly by or if he just I don't know. Whenever that happens, it feels to me like uh, he now knows it's his time to get in action because mm. then from that moment on, uh skipping ahead a few minutes Zuko eventually catches up to him mm. it feels like he's now like all right Zuko let's do this I'm with you we're gonna do this yeah it's not hey let's now go take a bath again right you know what I mean yeah. that attitude is gone it's just yeah. let's go and uh I think that by the way is is that the first mature decision Zuko has made as far as mm. like on his own yeah. without Iroh there he was he saw Aang, or he saw the um, Appa, and he could have gone for mm -hmm. Aang, and he decided to continue to pursue Iroh and save Iroh, which in turn led them both to be able to still follow Aang. It was yep. a good decision, and uh, yeah, I don't know that all. It all feels like this moment of destiny that Iroh just understands mm -hmm. somehow. The one of the most badass lines in the entire series, maybe. Although I'm, we've both been making a lot of very grand, definitive statements like that, but I seriously think it might be one of them. Is when Zuko finds him and all the guards are there, and the guards say, "You're clearly outnumbered." He says, "Ah, yes, that may be true, but you are clearly outmatched." Oh, what a that badass. is one of the. Oh, and you're man. wondering, like, oh, what is he going to do with those chains? And then he does shit with those chains. Yeah, oh. Whipping that rock around. Damn. That is so cool. That moment, too, is great at showing us how different earthbenders have different skill sets. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. when Aang was fighting uh, King Boomy, if it was just King Boomy against Iroh and Zuko, I mean, they were surrounded by Earth he would have done something completely different and maybe been able to handle that. Yeah. I've always thought that this show did a great job of showing us like, okay, an earthbender who's just learning how to bend earth, they might be able to hit a rock out of the ground and kick it at you or like kick the ground and make you fall or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they can't just, you know, churn all the ground around them into lava, make you sink into it and harden it and you're dead. Right. That takes serious yeah. skill. And yeah. we're starting to, kind of get an idea for that like these guys are like the uh you know like the average fire nation soldier they're, the grunts, they're just guys like the soldiers yeah the earth, the earth so nation. yeah they can fight and they can do some really cool stuff but they can't you know do four really cool things at the same time right. or they're not do matches. this really cool thing yeah exactly exactly yeah. and i think that we're starting to get an idea of that now at this point the show has naturally shown us all different kinds of bending skills and uh yeah, yeah abilities I love the um, the resolution of the spirit and how it comes again to the town and Aang just l tries to talk to it and realize what it is and uses this airbending move to glide down in front of it and connect with it like he learned how to do with uh, with yeah. the dragon. 
and learns that it's the spirit of the forest and try gives it the same hope that Katara gave him at the beginning of the episode with the acorn and that big black hand with its <laughs> tiny tips of its fingers just like picking I up always the acorn love how that looks me such too such a cool yeah. animation um and then it turning around and the panda bear walking away dude bamboo when the bamboo yeah that's one of my favorite things i just think that's so cool how it creates a doorway out of bamboo and everyone just kind of walks out of the bamboo like where were we yeah i don't know why but that moment always brings tears to my eyes i always get just really moved uh Real quick before we move on to the next episode, mm-hmm. the moment when <laughs> I'm sorry to go back to this when Zuko and Iroh are fighting the Earthbenders and that Earthbender just lowers his hat to block yeah. a fire blast. That is so cool. <laughs> sorry, I just had to say that because I, I looked down and I was like, oh, f- I wrote down fire blast blocked by hat. And I was like, that's right. Thank you because I, my note was just hats. <laughs> I did not remember what it meant. <laughs> you know, you're wondering like what's the point of and he just lowers and yeah. the whole blast just gets whew. So the episode ends with Sokka uh asking for some stuff, which I love. <laughs> He's just like, "How about some supplies and money?" It's like, "Yeah, man." That, and and it's something I wanted I wondered, you know, where are they? How are they surviving? Well, that's how Sokka isn't afraid to ask. I love uh, they're talking about the future and like what they need to do. And there's this quick clip of the comet. And just oh. the sound of the comet. I just love that element. That that sound element is so perfect. It's just loud enough to be like really imposing and anxiety inducing. It's coming. And we it's get scary. it. We get it again at the very beginning of the next episode. Even though Ang Ang's trying to go by himself, and Appa's just like, "Fuck you, dude." <laughs> he's like, "Come <laughs> on, Appa," and he's just like, "Nah, you can't you're just go just alone." Go. Which uh, brings us to Katara telling Ang, "This isn't just about the world losing the Avatar." Yeah. And it's the first time she says this. It's about me losing you, mm. and we believe it. Yep. I think that's really important that at this point we've established the fact that Katara is actually, she loves Aang. You know, they're friends to the point of yeah. if she lost him, she she can't. She can't lose him. And we believe it because of what we've seen them all go through. I mean, they're, they're more than just friends at this point, all three of them. They're family. And I think that her just saying that line, he kind of gets it too. You can yeah. kind of see that he's like, uh yeah and you know the music by the way i wrote down just in all caps the music cello riffs man it took a step up i think in this episode cello riffs especially in that (sighs) battle sequence when they're yeah coming towards the blockade oh that what a a crazy awesome sequence Um, yeah i i action on this show does a thing that i've i watched i forgot who made it someone made a video i think it was patrick h willems about how a great action scene often happens to do this same kind of setup where oh shit something's going wrong we have to figure out how to fix that thing and then once we figure it out a new thing just went wrong oh shit yeah right and that this show does that so well like oh god there are fireballs flying at us we need to fly above the clouds Mm -hmm. okay we're above the clouds fireballs are now flying at us and we can't see where they're coming from now. right yeah so appa has to dodge ferociously to dodge it mm-hmm. well now Sokka fell off yeah so we got to fly down right. and get him 
which also was cool because did you notice when he when they catch him, Sokka's just like grasping at his chest. Huh. I just love that. Like yeah. he's probably having a fucking heart attack <laughs> yeah, in that moment, yeah. you know. Uh, but those little things, you know, they and just little details they... of like the gang and Momo helping out Appa, who is the one taking yeah. the brunt force of like the damage of, and, and, and like Aang's adding things like, out. You okay, buddy? And Appa's just like, <laughs> he's just pissed <laughs> off. Let's do it. Let's get it. I love before all that shit goes down, Iroh trying to talk sense into Zuko and just saying like, what do you think you're doing going back into the Fire Nation? Like, have you forgotten that you're banished? And he's really like, really straightforward no shit just like trying to talk sense right. into him and saying you know like I, I zuko's like i think if i found the avatar my father would understand and iroh says my brother is not the understanding type that is not <laughs> which is this the first time he has acknowledged his relationship with the fire lord mm. not that that's a big deal but when he says my brother it kind of hits it's yeah. just like oh yeah that's right yeah. That's your nephew. Right. He's your brother. Mm-hmm. And you know better than anyone, he's not a dude to be messed with. And neither is Zhao. Zhao's such a big old dickhead. And he starts <laughs> firing off this flurry of fireballs. And they're like, what if it hits Zuko? And he's like, so be it. Belongs to a traitor. Oh. Dude. Also, in that scene and when we cut to Zuko's point of view, I think at this point, it's safe to say. Fire Nation soldiers are basically stormtroopers of this universe. Yeah. When you see them in the background, I think their helmet design is just perfect because with one lighting, if there's like fire in the scene and there's shadow being cast on their helmet, wow, scary. It is a scary helmet. Uh But if they're being just like behind Zuko with just like their round eye holes and like, you know, they're just like, oh, I'm a Fire Nation guy, you know? I don't know. It just Whenever I see him in the background, I just think of stormtroopers just, like, holding their weapon. It cracks me up. Definitely. And then that, that whole battle gets ended with uh, this amazing airbending moment. They wait until they're right there. Big old rock coming right at him. And he just jumps up and just... And he's not in the Avatar state. He's not. Nope. He, he, this is all Aang. And it's a... It is a... Rock bigger than all of them in Appa, you know, coming right at them. And he just kicks right through it. That shows his power, man. Unbelievable. Incredible. I love also Zhao letting them go through. And just there's something about Iroh's face as they're leaving. Oh, Mm -hmm. and also, okay. Also just close up of Zhao. Close up Zuko. They pass through. Ooh, that tension. Ooh, you could cut that tension with a knife. I've got chills right now. Ooh, man. <laughs> I've Incredible. got chills. Um, and then Iroh just confused, pondering why he would do that and stroking his chin hair, looking back. Something about that shot. I told it feels made it mature. It yeah. just feels like a Oh, this whole two episode arc really feels like a movie to me oh, when yeah. I'm watching it. Oh yeah. I I'll admit I watched it a couple times because it was too too good to be consumed once. I almost I almost watched it again today, um, but I went out with my mom for Mother's Day. Uh, so oh, if, nice. if I hadn't, I would have watched it again. Definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Ang and the gang get to this fire nation island they get past the blockade zuko gets past the blockade to follow them mm. and i wanted to talk about 
Well, so they get chased away by some sages right away when they get there. They're I in love like a maze. <laughs> they get in there and they turn around and the sages are there. And the first thing they say is, we are the fire sages. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, just like, hi, I'm the avatar. We know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that's God a good. Damn it. Why'd you introduce yourself if you were going to? Speaking of commercial breaks that you were saying, that's a really good one. Yeah. I, yeah. And then as soon as it breaks, it's just like Aang's just he moves right. the fire out of the way and it's like, yeah. go. Uh that guy, um, when they do get away from these fire sages, the one sage who gets up who runs up to them as mm. soon as he says something, you're like, Oh, that's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, I'm a good guy. You know, I don't I can't do his voice, but he's just like yeah, no. Please stop. You know, I don't know. He just all, the other guy's like, I'm a fire stop, sage. Stop. And you've got like jo- uh, George Takei. Right. He's been a fire. You know. Right. You, welcome to the island. Yeah. And you've got like General Zhao and then Zuko. You know, they're all just so angry sounding. And this yeah. guy's like, Hey, I'm a guy. You know? <laughs> so you're like, okay, he's definitely not a bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love uh, he gains their trust by like kneeling and being like, I mean, you know, arm. And then that firebending door, he moves the lantern aside. and Oh, yeah. So that's so cool. And then and then he tells him about how the secret tunnels were made by Avatar Roku. Yeah. Bending the lava. Oh, which immediately makes me think, OK, lava bending. Huh. That's so cool. Just wait for her. Uh, Legend of Korra. That's all I'm going to say. Um, oh. But he gives so much exposition through all that of like, you know, this is the fire temple. Um, oh, and he confirmed a question you and I had. Episode hmm. two, three. When the Avatar went into the Avatar state, the first episode, mm. nothing happened. Mm. When he went into it in the episode, Air Temple episode, yep. then Rook, Roku's eyes glowed. Because they kind of confirmed, oh, that must have happened at the Air Temple. Which is cool. And that's bringing us again to, like, all of the details that happen in these episodes are important. And yep, absolutely. Even in, even it's in not just episodic ones. It's... Yeah. Yeah. They get to this giant door, which the design is so cool, and the that can only be opened by firebending in five different... Either, either. an avatar <laughs> or five fire sages. I love that he he mentions that detail. Yeah, it could be an avatar that's fully realized, right. but other than that, and then Sokka has this great idea, and which is so cool. I love that. Um, is this his first in the show so far? Great idea, or has he had a couple already? Because I feel like this is the first. We're gonna do this, 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 and then we got it. And, and they're he's like, like wow, that's actually great. He sees the lanterns yeah. and he uses the the materials. Speaking of in lanterns. That. The visual comedy yeah. of the camera going up and it <laughs> being like a light bulb. But I got a an lantern. idea. Yeah. Things like that are, <laughs> this show is great. I love, they set off these bombs, <laughs> this fake firebending, quote unquote. What? What are you laughing about? I just wrote down, they are so lucky that everyone is really desperate to find Aang because that guy's acting when they all come up. He's like, look, there's fire blasts all over and wait. A shadow. Right. And they're like, you're right. He must be in there. And right. I just think like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. They're desperate to find him. But God, right. like, could have sold it a little better, man. Before they start to pull this ruse, I love, firstly, Ang angry. Like, really whipping air at this 
yeah. door trying to open it. That just really s- stuck out to I me. I can imagine that if there was a person in front of him, they would Ooh. just explode from yeah, that air. Man. That air was Oof. probably some high-pressure air. And then I love the moment where <laughs> uh, Katara goes, Sokka, you're a genius. And Aang's like, but it didn't work. <laughs> Sokka goes, come on, Aang, let her dream. <laughs> like, <laughs> he knows he's just a, he's just a fucker. He's just... Doesn't someone say like, does the de- did the definition of genius change? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, oh, he's Ang says it. Did the definition of genius change since I've been asleep? <laughs> yeah. Like in the last hundred years. <laughs> Burn. Um, but yeah, uh, I I love the the do- they finally do open the door, and then Zuko's got Ang, and I love that Ang just straight up bests him. You know. Yep. He's trying yeah, to take he, him down. And- he just. Whips around. He him. in that moment knows he's got to do what he's got to do. Yep, he's gotta, and he air bends uh, his way inside, barely making it in, hopping on the heads. Yeah, they show us like his look of determination, mm-hmm. his feet air bending while he's running. I think that was super cool because you know, if they were to do a wide shot of him running in, he was probably running so fast it would just be a blur. So they show us his feet to show us like, oh, this dude is running fast as hell, and then he jumps on the sage's heads. Yeah. Uh, that brings me to, I noticed this episode and the episode before it, um, the episode before it when Aang was on his glider through the woods chasing Sokka, this episode, I forget exactly what moment it is, but there are a few CGI touched mm-hmm. moments, huh. and I thought that was really cool, and I wondered um, if maybe like this is the kind of show where the budget changed as they as the episodes released or if they finished the whole first season and then released the episodes mm-hmm. or what because it felt the animation in this uh arc these two episodes really kind of felt like it took a little step up yeah and i think that's interesting to note you wonder um i mean obviously people just get better as they go and this episode was made after the other ones so you know but i think that's cool when they they can find a way to utilize cgi without it you know they don't do it all the time they yeah. do it when they need to yeah we're getting to maybe my favorite so far. It was meeting Haru's dad. Mm. Now I've got a new, oh, wow, that is my favorite moment where a character opens his mouth and starts talking. <laughs> yes. It's good to see you, Aang. Oh, Avatar. Oh, Roku. wow. Oh. I I just wrote down, like, a bunch of dialogue because I just think it's, like, the most satisfying conversation on the show yet. You You've been waiting for Aang to just get some answers and mm. he's talking to the avatar before him and he gets his answers and he thought there was no no possibility anyone would ever be able to help him learn how to be the avatar and here he is talking to the last avatar one of my favorite parts in their conversation is there are a couple moments where a th- thing like this happens but my favorite one is when he's telling Aang uh to master all four elements takes years and you have to do it by the end of the summer. Oh, and then Aang's like, God. I don't think I can do that. And then you Roku goes, I know you can. You've done it before. And then it's so cool. The shot is Avatar Roku saying that in a close-up. And then they transition it by editing. It's it's like a split screen. Aang's face and Roku's face. Mm. Aang being worried and then Aang just going... You're right with his face. Yeah. Like Roku's like, you've done it before. And Aang just goes, he's right. I have. And he just like realizes like this ain't a big. It just makes me feel so happy for Aang. Every time when that moment hits, I'm just like, yes, he's ready. And it just 
and we see like the past avatar, the new avatar split, and then it transitions to just Aang. Now it's him. Yeah. yeah. This is the first moment that he is. I mean, at the Southern Air Temple, we we got insight into the cycle of the avatar and that he has been reborn as that like that there's a new avatar every time and here are all the avatars that have been but this is the first time that we're really understanding they are all connected and they all live within him he yeah he says what am i gonna do to see you again and he says i am a part of you oh he describes what's going on in it's the first time we just know the context, right? Yeah. Sozin's comet. Sozin so is the one who started years ago, the war a hundred years ago. And if this comet, when this comet comes back, if the new Fire Lord uses it, he will take over everything, and nothing, even the Avatar, can do will be able to return peace to the world. Yeah. Think about that. His arc so far has been: you've got to learn the three elements so that you can bring peace to the world. Now it's. You have to learn the four, three elements so that you can defeat the Fire Lord before he destroys the world. Yeah. There's some, I mean, immense pressure being put on him. Uh, and when it cuts to Zhao and Zuko and them waiting outside, I don't know if you noticed, but it would go from like the blah, blah, like the cool like Avatar mm. theme music between Roku and Aang. And then when it would go to Zhao just outside being a dick waiting for him, it was like... <laughs> Gregorian chant or something. Mm. It was like it was like so dope, and you're just like waiting for this moment, and then there is a moment. Do you have anything else to say before the moment? I do actually. the The scene, that whole scene of them talking uh, and giving all that context, he is describing to him basically the importance of the amount of time that he has left. That is emphasized by the time that he has to talk to him right now. Like, literally, he has minutes, you know? The sun goes over his face, and it cuts periodically to the statue, and you see the sun fading even more and more. Like, this is... He not only... He has minutes to tell him that he has months to do this, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Jesus. It's it, it, it creates this immense amount of pressure that builds up and builds up, but the hope that is given to him right before, you know, I you can do this, you've done this before, if you need me, I am a part of you, are you ready? And Aang just goes, I'm ready. Oh! And it does that dope to vocal, like you hear him say it yeah. and you hear like the Avatar state, ver- you know, yeah. like, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's so cool how I'm they uh, edit the vocals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get it. You get it. <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Oh, man. Uh, and then that might be the most, up until this point, chills-inducing moment of the show yet. One of the main... Up until this point. One of the main... The, the doors fly open and the smoke clears. Roku All of them is there. just... Well, before that, though... Uh, Zhao just screams fire and like six master firebenders Mm -hmm. release fury into that room and Katara cuts to her Aang no she thinks Aang's dead she in that moment is like all right they're about to just wow (laughs) Aang's about to be just ash you know evaporated and all this fire is just swirling around and then the giant fireball just becomes 
a fireball in the hands of Avatar Roku himself. And then it just cuts to, is it Zhao or it's is it one Zhao. of the sages? It's Zhao's goes, face. Avatar Roku? Oh, and then, never mind. And then, oh yeah, Zhao's face is just like, oh. He just has this horrified. Go ahead. What were you I just, I just, we're both just so excited about this. It's moment. the coolest moment. <laughs> I just love specifically the shot of Zhao's face because it's a Quentin Tarantino type, like zoom in, like quick zoom right. to his horrified face. Oh, and then Roku just huge fireball and. All the chains that are holding everyone just evaporates. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool. He's so in control of his yeah. firebending that he's able to use a giant fireball that doesn't harm anyone except for the people he's, you know. And then he just looks over with this angry look, zoomed in on Roku's face, and all the sages are just like, oh, shit. <laughs> Thank God, too, because those sages, come on. Like, think about that. Your Your duty, it's not your job. It's like your your duty in life. It'd be like if you found out, hey, your job, like for life, is to guard this avatar. Avatar temple. Place. <laughs> Fuck it's off. It's an avatar temple. <laughs> Come on. And uh, they just like this is the avatar. Fuck you. And they just like give in to the uh, like the the wiles of the the fire the fire lord. Like yeah, they're bastards. They yeah. deserve everything that's coming. It does make me sad though that uh what's his name? Uh it starts with a an S. The sage who's really nice to them. Oh he gets captured yeah. too, and I hate that. I make I get so sad that he gets captured. Yeah. And it's it's it shows us that people make sacrifices for the Avatar, you know. And also this not entire, everyone gets out this okay. entire temple gets destroyed. He Which is so cool. And uh And he knows too, the sage is like, Avatar Roku's gonna destroy his temple. Like he just knows. Yeah, he gets right. It. I love the moment before, like, the, it cuts to the statue of Roku and the sun, like, fading uh, on the top of his head. Oh. And Roku knows the time, the amount of time he's got, and he tempers himself, and he takes a deep breath. And after this, like, outlash of, even though it was, like, very controlled, he had to burst out and, you know, fuck shit up <laughs> in order for the Avatar the the current Avatar to get out of this. And he just tempers himself and takes a deep breath and then disappears and there is smoke and the position there's something about the position his body is in is just so i don't even know how to describe it but it, it makes me feel something and i think it's important to note because things like that are decisions that an artist made to evoke feelings Absolutely. and it works they finally get ang up and they're getting him out of the building and they look through the window and just the simple like art of the building and the art of the outside showing the outside moving. Like the building is stationary yeah. and the outside art moves so they know this building is sinking. Just that perspective and that, ah, it's just so cool and such a minor little detail to like really show how it, how the characters are experiencing this happening. And you're, you're an artist more than I am for sure. You draw, you... Sure. I, I'm sure that in mo- some moments in this show, I mean, I've just started doing it. I wonder, like, okay, so is that harder to do in animation than it would be? For instance, when they use CGI, a lot of times it would be in a shot where, like, Aang, we're behind Aang on his glider and he's flying. Mm-hmm. Because doing a tracking shot 
is hard to animate because yeah. literally every frame you've got to make the things in the background bigger but not not too big because he's not connected to the environment he's just right. moving through it and that's just so hard to, i can imagine that be so hard to think of yeah things like that are where i feel like they utilize their skills as animators to show us something rather than thinking how would this look in a real movie let's animate that right they go how should this look in animation how can we well, deliver yeah. you know what i mean by that yeah I, I, do. I don't think and it's something that you don't notice which is also the point you're not supposed to like notice the animation but as a fan of filmmaking and you know i think when i watch a movie okay, so how did they do that shot going through the mirror? Yeah. How, how do you do that? Now when I watch Avatar, I kind of think the same thing. Like, what was their thought process hmm. for where the camera is? Yeah. Or what's their thought process for where the lights are? Because they, they didn't just put lights there. Right. They had to imagine them there and then animate that. Exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just walk into a room and, like, kind of figure out, like, keep moving the camera a little bit to figure out what... what how the shot is going to look best. You have to yeah, have the idea of what kind of lens you're imitating. What the yeah, motion unless of they're the building shot is, you know? a Fire Nation temple or live right. set and having right. someone blow it up so that they can have it in camera and then reanimate. Yeah, you know, right? But they do get out. We get the little context of Zhao taking the sages, and he's saying, "You're all going in the prison hall." Um, mm -hmm. And then, I feel bad for that guy. Man, it's by the way, uh, it's a kalimba, the instrument that is used here at the end, which is a motif that gets repeated throughout the show, a musical motif that is, oh my god, just so emotionally evocative, and that nothing needs to be said. And I like the Dude, amount of the time, silhouette. just the silhouette, the amount of time we watch the silhouette of Appa and the gang on Appa flying off directly towards the moon getting away you just oof. i didn't notice it the first time watching hmm. but just now on my second time what i usually do is i watch it and just enjoy it and then i watch it and take notes yeah. so that when i'm looking down and like writing my note i don't have to pause it because i know what's happening you know what i mean yeah. so this time watching it i like looked really close at their silhouettes because i was interested did you ah, dude so, <laughs> Appa's flying away. Aang is sitting facing the west hmm. on Appa's, like, westernmost end of his saddle. Mm -hmm. Just, like, not facing the rest of the gang. Katara stands up, walks over, sits down behind him and puts her arms on him. Hmm. Sokka stands up, walks over, oh. sits down behind both of them, puts his arms around him. And then Momo flies around to Aang's other side. And sits on his shoulder. That's what's happening during those final moments. I've got fucking chills, man. Dude. <laughs> Aang, he feels the weight of his his position as the Avatar for the first time. But he's not alone. Yeah. It's so... And wow. they didn't say a word to show us that. It's not even something you would maybe notice. It's just... It just happens and it's beautiful. I love it's maybe my favorite end to an episode in the whole freaking show. I don't know. I'm going to keep saying that. That's my favorite thing about this show is I've watched it a lot. Mm. I have. It's been a few years now, but every time I watch it, each episode has things where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, my favorite. Right. Thing. You know? Oh, such, but yeah, it's just beautiful. Such an intense beautiful. story that we've seen through these two episodes, like in so many ways. 
Um, yeah, we're in it now. And for those of you who are now. listening and you're still listening now, just know these uh this 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 story gets going. It continues to fly. It does off, not stop. But I can't imagine anybody getting. I don't know. To to each their own. But I personally can't imagine anybody getting to this point in the story and being like, "Yeah, it's not for me." Like, yeah, if you made it through these episodes and you stopped the show, then what? Yeah. Can you I, explain that? <laughs> Put it in a comment below. Right. Please. If you're if you're listening along and you're not really understanding any of the praises or you disagree with any, I think that is super super cool and I'd love to hear about it because every perspective is important and this is in my opinion, like the best show ever made. So I'd love to hear it. I, I actually wasn't maybe going to talk about it, but I, I watched a video about uh, a guy made about how this show is perfect except for one thing. Hmm. And I'm not even going to be able to talk about it until we finish the show, but I wanted to tease it. Okay. So I think that could be a cool little video we talk about maybe when we're done watching the whole show. I'm because it's it's a very in-depth, great video, but it adds a perspective that, me and you don't have so (laughs) i think that'd be kind of interesting sure and if you're listening do the same thing if you have a perspective that we're not throwing around don't be afraid to throw it down we won't we won't shut it out we have comment sections now on every episode of uh of the podcast on legendary4.com which is our website um where you can find this podcast and uh the upcoming D podcast which i'll touch on in just a second but we're also now on itunes i don't know if you're already listening on that platform uh as well as spotify if you haven't already discovered those things and in itunes you can give us ratings on episodes and the show in general and you can also leave comments and stuff like that so please shout out um uh let us know what you think of what's going on what you think we can be doing better. And if you have thoughts about specific things that we're talking about in the episode, I would love to have this sort of last section of, of, of our episodes be, you know, talking about comments that we've seen and shouting out and having a discourse with not just between you and I, but, uh, between all of you, I'd love to hear if anybody is listening, um, and talk about that. It's a nice, it would be nice to have as a talking point rather than just leave it in the comments. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we will read any comment that you leave in in oh yeah in any place, and we will talk about it if if we think you know yeah we'd like to <laughs> yeah, like if you're just like what's oh, your favorite sucks. brand of mayonnaise right <laughs> it's got to be Hellman's, I might actually dude. talk about that got to be Hellman's um <laughs> I briefly talked about it but uh I have been working away editing the episodes. Uh, I want to upload the first two episodes together of our new D&D podcast. We t- talked about it briefly at the end of the last episode, but just talking about it again. Uh, Gary and I and our other two best friends, uh, Sam and Dustin, uh, we make up the Legendary Four, hence Legendary4.com and Legendary Four Adventures, which uh, probably coming out, uh, I'm going to say... Friday. <laughs> this is going to be released on Wednesday. I'm going to say Friday. Look for the two first episodes of Space Vampires. Space Vampires. And for those of you listening right now that don't know what we're talking about, D&D, or Dungeons & Dragons, is a role-playing adventure game where basically you'll be listening to us recreate a fantasy uh, fighting adventure. It's really cool. Give it a listen. If you if that sounds like something kind of out of your comfort zone of like what you'd 
you know, usually listen to for entertainment. Uh, Calvin, you actually listen to a couple D&D podcasts, right? Like, what would be a good yeah. thing to show someone what D&D is? What's a good little thing to look up? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, Rude Tales of Magic. Uh, I've only heard clips of that one. I've been meaning to get into it because I've been on The Adventure Zone, which I've called out on this podcast before. I think The That's Adventure right. Zone is a really good um, example. I mean, that's the McElroy brothers who, the more I'm learning about podcasting, are kind of a big fucking deal. <laughs> like, they're oh, really? basically famous. Uh, so that that's sort of its own thing, but... Um, Sam and Eva have both recommended Rude Tales of Magic, and I've heard clips, and it's very funny and a good sample of like what D and D is, um, in a very entertaining way. Also, like it's uh, it's it's very uh, comedic in most of the episodes. But yeah, I'd say check those out if if you'd like uh, sort of free sponsorship, I guess for for those podcasts. But and if you like this one, I mean, both of us are in that, so yeah, and just there, give it a try. There's gonna be a lot of comedy in it. Um, where the the thing sam has set up in it's really good man i was editing <laughs> the second episode. it's really well written i was editing the sep- second episode today and i just feel so stupid because i don't i think you guys as well but i definitely was just kind of nervous doing it for the first time and i'm just like trying to play the game more than i should have been and sam is saying these like really cool awesome things and i'm just like hmm okay well i'm just gonna try and like climb on it and he's like it's a it's not okay yeah, <laughs> but uh, I think it, I think it'll be entertaining. I think it'll be fun. I've been making some music for it as well, so please check that out and oh, cool. leave comments on that. It should all we should also be getting that on Spotify and iTunes. So look out for that. Thank you all for listening uh, to this cast. I hope you've been enjoying it. I'm Calvin, and I'm Gary. This has been a new lens. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>